I'm not a preacher, and I'm not drunk. I'm just a politician. Everybody, come out of your houses. Clarence Hillian is going to make you a super human being. Hey, it's episode 26 of Crackpot Cinema. How about that? Remember how Flavor Flav would say that, Mike? Wow. Remember that? <laughs> remember how he would say, Flavor Flav? I do. I remember that, too. And he would yeah. correct people if they said Flavor Flav. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, we're off the rails already. Uh, I'm Mike <laughs> McPadden. It's because of our wrote, crazy guest. That's right. <laughs> Who people can't see wrote, is a bearded woman. I'm going to provide some screenshots. Uh what was I saying? I wrote some books, uh, Teen Movie Hell and Heavy Metal Movies. Uh, I'm Mike McPadden. I live in Chicago. Uh, from one uh, corner of Los Angeles, uh, my co-host is... Aaron Lee, comedy writer, producer, shows like Family Guy and Superstore and stuff like that. And then from another corner of Los Angeles, our guest... Yeah, uh, I'm Jenny Nixon, and uh, by day, I work for a kids' media nonprofit as a TV reviewer, and by night, I am the producer of Museum of Home Video. Uh, Say how, now, what is that? Where do we get that? Uh, well, it's museumofhomevideo.com, but we have a Twitch channel under the same name, um, and it's a weekly Twitch stream where my friend Brett... Uh, he's the creative director. I'm the producer. So I'm kind of like his fa-fa-fu-fa-fa-fooey. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he has probably more than 40 terabytes of just shit he's been downloading for 20 plus years. Um, everything from like old Jerry Lewis telethons to the very first day of broadcasting on the Weather Channel, which was really bizarre. Uh, just tons of crazy musical performances and every week uh we present just sort of a scattershot selection of those things we have different guests on from time to time that show their own stuff i'm on there occasionally with this beard it kind of started as a a joke with uh i had a guest on who had grown his own crazy quarantine beard and i wanted to match his weird dude energy so I had this leftover from uh halloween last year when i was sexy macho man randy savage I remember uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, the viewers just liked it. So I couldn't let it go. So I figured All since right. there was like a video aspect of this, I should keep, I, yeah, I should keep to the tradition of wearing my quarantine beard. The, the feeling is that once quarantine ends, I'll be able to finally take it off and be free. And have a if real only, beard underneath. Yes. Yeah. If only all <laughs> exactly. our guests, if only all our guests brought, costumes and props and no one right? takes this seriously thank you well, it's called, thank you, you Jenny. Know, well you know this is a visual medium also that's true so, hell yeah you know. well yeah. I, as one of your patrons now on your patreon thank I you that, oh yeah patreon uh, well, we gotta get that up and running this week okay so let's announce the patreon we have a patreon thing it's been running but i, well, I started a stupid thing with like tears and what we're gonna do is just make it five bucks support the show and occasionally we'll send you some crap now jenny well, you're, you're you'll be you'll be grandmama in 
as nice. a as an OG patron. So, oh, well, I was going to say, I noticed that one of the tiers was like included some video clips or something, and yeah. so that was all the more reason why yeah. I needed to look this good. Because I mean, right? So I'm meeting up with McBeardo here. Come on, we appreciate that very much. Good. Um, so I'm going to say I uh, I met Aaron and Jenny at like right around the same time in spring of 1993. Uh, the same way through the United States mail system. Uh, Aaron was publishing a zine in Kentucky called Blue Persuasion. Uh, Jenny, I believe, I don't know, were you in Sherbur, New York? Or were you in Arizona or New Mexico or someplace? Uh, at that I think I was in Arizona at that point, which lasted less than a year. But yeah, I think I was in Tucson, Arizona at that point. And then you published. Did you ever have any other names? Uh, Queen Itchy, which I haven't yeah. used in a long time, but some people still know me by that name and uh, call it's me a by daily that. struggle for me to like <laughs> not. I think call your mom you still <laughs> still she does. Me. She says, "How yeah. is Queen Itchy?" <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "Baby Vivian, who's like not a baby anymore. How old is she?" No, she's she turned eight. Eight. She's like ago. baby yeah. Vivian is so. Gorgeous. She's so <laughs> beautiful. How is she? How That's are they true. doing? She's my she's my honey boo boo. That's right. So anyway, we were we we're way off course. So we're talking about student bodies and uh, the nineteen eighty one horror spoof that uh, is gonna kick off. Uh, by the way, uh, I always swear to god I almost said H. Jenny is our first uh, lady guest. Thanks okay, for breaking yes. the, the, the <laughs> thanks for crackpotting through the glass ceiling. And wait, I did wait, it in a you beard, are? No less. With, with that, like, with that's that how be- I snuck in. Yeah, with that beard. Yeah, I had no idea. That's the Man. only reason I allowed you in. My God. It's I like never would have let this. <laughs> so, but you were, you were publishing as, you were publishing a bunch of zines at that point, right? It's yeah, in, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I knew of you pre-93, but I think we right. met you in 93. From but, Happy Land was the, the zine yeah, I was publishing at that point. Yeah, so. which a friend of mine had copies of, but I don't think you All and right. I were, were in contact no. yet. But uh, yeah, I, I was doing fanzines in high school, getting hate mail from Gigi Allen. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. What did uh, he say to you? What, what was his words I, of, of threat? He said, "I well, I drew a, I drew an ad for Depends, like a cartoon ad for Depends, because this is the famous punk rocker who would shit on stage and throw it at people, mm-hmm. you know. So I, yeah, I drew an ad for Depends in our our little high school fanzine, um, saying that, uh, you know, this shit thing was not really part of his rock and roll mission. That was all a front. He was actually incontinent, <laughs> and unbeknownst <laughs> to me, my friend sent him in jail uh, a copy of the scene." <laughs> And he wrote to us, two 16-year-old girls, and said that we were on his list, a.k.a. his oh, kill list. Right. And, yeah, that when, you know, we didn't understand his rock and roll mission, and that when he no, got he out... He was like he the was, Richard Nixon of uh, shit-throwing convicts at that time. <laughs> he was going to come straighten us out. But he also took the time to draw a really beautiful skull on the envelope, and, like, <laughs> oh. it was, yeah, I was getting mixed messages. I think he might have liked me. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a hilarious ad. Yeah, but yeah, so. I did. But I think when I met you two, I was doing uh, everything I touch turns to shit and garbage. Yes, and which was based on just an observation I made about my life that line. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just... applicable to mine as well. So yeah, no, uh, that's a universal sentiment. Sure, sure, but some people are more garbage than others. And um, then, and then, do you some know people more garbage? Shit. Yeah. 
And then do you know, Jenny, that I stole that line and had Stewie the baby say it to Brian the dog on Family Guy? You did not. I, I, I did. Brian yes, did. Brian runs a marathon. You didn't let Jenny know this? No, no. Brian well, runs a marathon. I... <laughs> and he, and so he collapses funny. at the end of it, and Stewie walks up to him and goes, Brian, why does everything you touch turn to garbage? I couldn't say shit on national television. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. um, I was thinking of you. Uh, I've been kind of catching up. Okay, back to, like, me being the first female guest. That is the one thing I will say. You know, there are so many podcasts coming out of this McPadden dude that yeah, yeah. I think if I were not, if I were a long haul trucker, I might have a chance to catch up on all of them. Um, <laughs> that's true. But, but, you know, knowing I was going to be on, I've been kind of catching up. And, yeah, that's one thing I will say is, uh, yeah, get some more women on here, you guys. Come on. We need some estrogen up in the. In, in fairness, I do, too. I do a whole podcast with Kat called Busted Guts. Yeah. I know. And you got to You got you gotta pump out some more. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Get and the people I'll announce what they this want. now because I just did my first bit of recording for this. Uh, in January, uh, I'll be doing a new podcast called Mondo Midnight Movies with the great Heather Drain. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I am looking into a career change. I am going into trucking just so that I can keep <laughs> up with this shit. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and in um, fairness, you know, in fairness, Mike has. Mike has Trump. tried to get female guests on, and I just keep shooting it down. It, it's I just, true. I, yeah. yeah, it's entirely yeah. me. It's entirely my fault. I don't want yeah. Mike to get canceled here. I, I want to. I, I, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. It's been entirely. <laughs> me. Well, Aaron, aggressively, I'm aggressively that's been a major fighting. part of Aaron's life since 1993 is preventing me from getting canceled. In one way <laughs> yeah, just He's trying a, to help out. It's called enabling. Hum- yeah. yeah. He's your yeah. human shield. Um, well, there were, right. there were a couple episodes I heard where you guys were talking about OJ, and I don't know yes. if you would recall this, Aaron, but you and I were together I totally when the OJ remember. race, like when the highway, t- remember that? We were on a road trip. We were in Boston, or, yes, or, uh, or Danville, Massachusetts, but anyways, yes, yeah, basically we were yeah, in yeah, Boston yeah. at a friend's house watching TV, and we saw the whole... Uh, yeah. Crazy Al Michaels. Yeah. You yeah, saw I saw right. it. Yeah. And somebody yes. somebody baked pie. It was a party. <laughs> yes, it was. It was fun. <laughs> it was OJ's yeah. coming out party. Yeah. Yeah. It but, turned uh, out where I was, it was uh Ed Cookie Burns coming out party, but that's a story yes, for the I, that you can hear on the oh, Pat yeah. Healy episodes. When you talk about your nonprofit site you write for, it's common sense media. Which is so huge in my household. You would not believe it. My kids are on there obsessively reading every review. Do you you, you know what you it write is, Mike, and right? why they can't watch it? Yeah, <laughs> well, yes. Well, they. The, but the funny the thing, thing is, my wife and I aren't so strict about it. They go on and they're like, "Dad, we can't watch this. It's fifteen plus, <laughs> and and I'm only fourteen. <laughs> like they're narking on themselves because Man. they enjoy reading and they love reading the like your reviews, the official reviews." But the big thing is to go see what kids said, to read their yes. reviews. Wow. And counter- yeah. Because it'll it's- say, adults say it's appropriate for 13 plus, kids say it's appropriate for 5 plus. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mostly kids <laughs> trying to talk other parents into letting yeah. them watch R-rated movies. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it so I mean, the, the thing is that among my social group, I feel like I don't share my reviews on, you know, very much, either posting on Twitter or this or that because what they do on that site is such a specialized thing like you said it's it's 
it's a yeah, it's a kids media pro- nonprofit, and I but we review everything. So I'm reviewing, you know, you know, shows with nudity on HBO, and you know, all kinds of movies and things like that. But and I'm not docking things if they're inappropriate for kids. I'm giving them an honest review. But it's such a specialized thing because I have to also go through this whole protocol of like, okay, is there violence in this movie? Yes. On a scale of one to five, how violent is it? Is it like slapstick Three Stooges violence? Or is it like David Cronenberg body horror? Or are we talking like the Saw franchise? You know, just to give parents and educators or whoever's looking at these reviews sort of a yardstick. Just to give Aaron's kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Some ammunition. Of, of course, your reviews are excellent because you're an excellent writer, but uniformly, they're very good reviews on the site. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm always amazed. Like, it's very thoughtful. And, and like you said, it's, it, yes, it can, it can be, uh, it can be, you know, I don't know, a Serbian film. I'm trying to think of the most inappropriate, <laughs> like, but, and they will say, they'll say five stars, great movie. Yeah. D- don't let your kids near it. Like, it's, right. it's yeah. not some, yeah, exactly. it's not like the old. What was the old, the parents' television? PTC. It's, yes, it's the not one of those. It's a very thoughtful, it was, yeah. it's a very thoughtful uh, job they do. The L. L. Brent, L. L. Brent Bozell the third institution. Well, again, so, you know, we're not only looking at stuff like violence or sexual content right. or drugs, but there's also stuff like consumerism, which is a big thing, you know, that you want to mm-hmm, know as right. a parent when you're setting a kid up to watch something. Like, is this just going to be shoving toys, you know? down their throat for 30 minutes all right or... so when when we finish with this will you write a uh a review of this episode in that style yes after you listen to it and we'll <laughs> oh, put it God, on social great. media why not why not will you review <laughs> crackpot cinema the podcast in general Common just Sense in general sure. yes yeah. just give yeah. us yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, thank that'd you be great yeah. that's even better yeah for my kids Very to good. see that that'd be so great all right um, but... so let's uh talk about student bodies why don't we yeah. So, uh, shall we begin with our uh, rating system? This is our thumbs oh, up, thumbs God. down. Oh, oh God. God! You know what? I forgot to do one. This is amazing. <laughs> well, I hope okay, I hope Aaron. you got. <laughs> I have. Four. Did you too? Jenny oh, good. Four, I oh, have thank four. God. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay. Oh, this is. I and I'll be the final judge. We normally let the yeah. guest judge, but yeah. I. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Okay, here we go. All right. I think there's there's maybe one of mine that's any good. Okay. Lay on us. Should I start with what I think is the strongest, or should I save that for last? No, you build to the strongest. Okay, yeah, okay. That's good, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so student bodies or toilet blobbies. That's good. <laughs> like it. It's really good. It's good. I mean, we might have to stop you know, it there, because li- I really you, like that. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> my, I'm sorry, Mike. Your lips said yes, but your face says no. No, it's uh, good. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll shoot you straight. Okay, this... This one's really bad. Okay, so since it's it's a parody, you know, of slasher right. films, parody delightful or paradoo-doo? Good. <laughs> That's the second Good. one. Okay. Wow. All right. The crickets. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so it being like a Zucker Brothers kind of, you know, uh, airplane mm. thing, Zuckerworthy or flush the duty? Oh, that's good. Very <laughs> that's good. Number three, and the <laughs> one I like one. the best. Uh, references the janitor character played by the stick. Mm, yes, and it's, yes. It's Malvert or Hershey Squirt. Oh, and, very good. That's, well, that was I, that's, yeah, that's my. Yeah, I see, that's my. I see why you saved that for last. You got it. Okay, so the one I saved for last, I got to start with now. No, you're. Malvert I mean, you're the king of this. No, Aaron actually usually gets it. 
Uh, Malvert or Foul Squirt. Oh, that's so much better. Than <laughs> that was my strongest. That's good too. It's good too. Yeah. But we'll, uh, I'll that's I'll give good. you my other three. This <laughs> is so <laughs> stupid. Mickey Rose or Sticky Gross. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dumpkin or Fist My Rump in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard with Mr. Dumpkin because it's already one. It's, I know. It's yeah. Tough. I know. I would. I don't know. Horsehead. I would have gone maybe Blumpkin with that one. I, I did, but oh, like, that's I was like, too. a Blumpkin's not unpleasant for the participants. Uh, it's true, too. Uh, they got to be in, you know. I think I it mean, depends. A, you know, if every... <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, This that, thanks for that setup. Horsehead bookends or forced shit in depends? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, so should we say Malvert or Hershey Sorry. Squirt? No, I mean, no. Let's go student okay. bodies or toilet blobbies. I like okay. that. Wow. <laughs> student bodies or toilet blobbies. Yeah. Aaron, yeah, no, I, right really... off the bat. Well done. Right off the bat, the you bar was set. We're that there. That was it. And I just ran my head yeah, come into on. it four wow. times. <laughs> Aaron, I feel really honored right now. Wow. Well, okay. please, come on. Uh, I, I feel good about where we're going. <laughs> so I, I love this movie. I loved it when I first saw it on VHS. And uh, I, I love it still. Uh, so it's a student bodies for me. Oh, it's a way student bodies for me. Like, I, I, again, I, thank God this podcast, we've watched some better movies lately, Mike. Because the first 20 episodes, I almost hung myself. Like, we watched so right. much boring shit. And this was truly fun to watch. This is a, in yeah. no way, no toilet blobbies here at all for me. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Nixon? Well... Um, for me, it was a student bodies almost entirely due to the physical presence and mystique of Malvert. Um, I'm a little obsessed yeah. with this guy. But I'm yeah. fascinated to hear that without Malvert, you might have been a blobby for you, it sounds like. Wow. It sounds like he oh. just tipped the ball in. Well... Or tip the blob out, or I don't know. I kind I don't know of felt like um, sometimes comedies are better suited to watching with a group. Um, Definitely. And I've been quarantined with an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> and she didn't. She didn't laugh a lot while watching she it was, with you. She didn't. She uh... was at her dad's house. <laughs> yeah, she was at her dad's house. Um, I'm not, no, I'm not saying he's the only thing I like. Uh, he just, I just became sort of obsessed anytime he was on screen and I couldn't concentrate on oh, anything else. Now, now this, this seems like a movie you would have been obsessed with as a teenager. It does. And actually, I've been, you know, I wanted to talk about something I know you love from my past. Where And, and Aaron, you've been to the town that I grew up in from grade 6 to 12. Uh, like that way tiny, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. If you've ever woods. seen, yeah, there's a that Joe Berlinger guy made a documentary called Brothers Keeper. Brothers Keeper, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you guys ever see that? The uh, yeah, oh, sure, yeah. It's about, about the, these three like uh, Ezra Cobb looking dudes in uh, upstate New York. Yeah, I think there were two. Well, there's three and one dies because they kill. Right. They killed one. Well, yeah, they? they like yeah. yeah, and they sleep in the same bed and smut. Yeah, they're like and they sleep in the same dudes. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like the next town over from where I grew up, um, from grade mm -hmm. six on. And I didn't have access to, I mean, the nearest movie theater was next town over and it was, you know, tiny, 
tiny screen. Um, we it was didn't run have by cable. the brother's keeper guy that got killed. So let's <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> shut it down. <laughs> once that was, yeah, once he was gone, that, that was over. Um, we didn't have cable. We lived in the middle of the woods on top of a mountain. So, you know, I didn't grow up watching, like, I, I relate to Mike's jealousy on other episodes when he talks about hearing that you were watching HOTS on TV as, as, as yeah. a 10-year-old, Aaron. You know, that was not my experience at all. I didn't have MTV. I didn't have any of that shit. What we had was a very, like, a crazily well-stocked, in terms of cult and horror movies, um, video store called Madman's Video Vault. Oh, God, and that's true. Yeah, and I don't know why in a town with one stoplight and less than a thousand people, we had such a great spot for for movies. And one madman. Yeah, who <laughs> was the madman? Like who, who was never, the madman? I you never know? found out. And I was I was back oh. home last September, and I I tried to track down like any you know remnants of did this place still exist? Does anybody? It's like a feed store now. But as a kid, you know, my mom would drive home from work and my brother and I would already be home latchkey kids and we would be like just pick up something with the most fucked up cover you can find you know scare you know and she would bring us home faces of death like you know so we, wow. we for real and I had no concept of you, you know, really literally saw faces of death yes, she, she picked yes. it out for you wow yes. oh my god oh. yeah and wow. I had no concept of what like a Mondo cinema was or like, we were like, they're eating a monkey brain. Like they're, you know, these are yeah. cannibals. These yeah. are, like we really, that was mind blowing. We saw a lot of John Waters movies that way. I mean, th- it's like there are video stores, you know, in hip cities now that I think would marvel at the selection this place had. Um, uh. But, uh, and also my dad was, sorry, I'm going off track here, but, um, uh, but not really. It's related to what Mike just said about how this seemed like something that I would have watched growing up. And he, Mike also knows that my father was a huge movie nut. And he was one of the first dudes in town to have a VCR. And he would, you know, he, he and a friend would like dub movies and make our own uh, copies. And I actually, I only have one uh, VHS remaining from that time here. But it has my dad's handwriting on it. He would he would put number stickers on them, so it's like this was number twelve, and it's in his handwriting on it. Uh, this had the sword and the sorcerer, easy money, and real genius. So this is like primo. Holy moly, oh, man, that's but, a triple. Yeah, deal. yeah. And I, mean, that's I recently, it. that's great. I recently, it's a great triple. I recently watched this whole thing, but. Uh, something Mike knows about and is always delighted by, I think, is my dad would make these tapes, number them, and then he would, in a composition notebook, he would write down <laughs> the number of each. <laughs> you see, you're already giggling. He would write down the number yes. of each tape, the titles, and then his name, everybody in my family, our names all start with J. So he had his own rating system. The J's, the four J's. So he would rate each movie on a scale from one to four J's. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, well, and I, I was very. All right, so let's say I, I give th- I give student bodies four J's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do that. I do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to go that high. I would give it three. Um, Three J's. Now, what would John? How good. many J's would John have given it? Um, 
Uh, yeah, maybe the same. Maybe the same. Yeah. Uh, three? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Like yeah. Let's stick with three. All right. Okay, <laughs> very good. So, um... Mike, did you, you so? Do you remember this movie coming out at the time? Like, do you? Yes, do you I have do. And this it? is the reason I had to delay recording an hour is because um, I vividly remember it being in theaters. I was in Ortley, New Jersey, with my uncle Freddie and aunt Susan, where I would go for a week sometimes in the summer, always on the Jersey Shore with the amusement park. And it was we wanted to go to a drive-in and. It was me and, and my younger cousins, Ricky and Missy, and we couldn't go because everything playing at the two nearby drive-ins was rated R. One of them was – one was SOB, which would have been hilarious to see at a drive-in. I, I just rewatched that like a week ago when I was in, in the hotel hiding from the fires here in LA. I watched the Blu-ray of SOB. Wowee. And yeah. which, which we will get to at some point. That's oh, a must. we have to. Yeah, that is yeah. a must. Uh, and then the other one um, was Student Bodies. Now, the weird thing is that I then was looking to see what else was playing. We'll end this by looking at what else was opening and playing that day on August 2nd, I'm sorry, 7th, 1981. And I'm going through and I could not find an ad for it in the New York Daily News. And then I saw that, uh, and I was only in Jersey, so I looked in Philly, no ads. But then I saw that the New York Times had reviewed it in October. And so I got lost in this research. And it turned out it did open in the New the outside of New York, like Jersey and stuff, in August. There was no ad in the Daily News. Might have been an ad in the Post, but I don't have online access to that. Because sometimes, like, you know, more salacious films would only buy space in the Post. Um, and then it was on a double bill with Night School that October just kind of dumped in Times Square but we'll, we'll get to that later so I went yeah, down I that hole for about two hours I don't think it made it to upstate New York where I was because it looks like it got a very limited release which makes I me question so. the claim that it grossed 5.2 million dollars and, and yeah because there's no way I would have seen that post it's got a really unforgettable poster if anybody right. hasn't seen it that's what I remember right away I had not heard of it before and yeah. just all of a sudden, there was this poster in the in the newspaper, and it was crazy with the sex kills button. And uh, so you have your a blonde, like uh, cheerleader type with the megaphone stuffed in her throat, and uh, you know, written on the blackboard, it's however many laughs or or murders, and uh, and uh, it was yeah, instantly we have to see this. And the the big gag to me at the time when we saw the ads in the newspaper that it said like kids under six admitted free. And we were like, ah, to go see student bodies. <laughs> uh, a poster that's... that, as you pointed out in here once, I, I had in my office at Hustler Magazine. Uh, first I had it in my office, and then you had really? it in your office. Yes, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we passed that around. Yeah. But you had the greatest poster ever in anyone's office ever, and, uh, which was oh. Life Stinks. When you'd walk with into the, when you when you, were doing, when you were the head of research before you were an editor, you'd go into the research department, there was just... Mel Brooks looking bedraggled and saying life stinks. <laughs> a pithy comment on the situation at hand. Sex kills and life stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much summed up our whole hustler experience. <laughs> our whole existence. Those two yeah. posters. So uh, some general notes. Uh, shot in Texas. Not screened for critics. 
first became best known for being in heavy rotation on HBO, followed by USA Up All Night. Uh, I, I, it looks which, and I never I saw it on HBO. I never saw it on HBO. I read this. I saw no, it on I read, HBO. Yeah, I read what a huge cable cult thing it was because yeah. there's not that much yeah. sex and violence, and they could show it on right. USA. But no, never, never did. Yeah, I don't think I saw it until years later on VHS. So. I, I honestly I saw it, until uh, okay. Until you uh, told me that this was the movie we were doing, I don't know that I even was aware of this. Um, it seems like something that the madman would have thought, but I Truly. feel like yeah. I, yeah. I feel like at the time that it was out, well, I mean, at the time it came out, I mean, I think like Friday the 13th had only come out the year before. Um, I think I was mostly watching the movies that it parodies. Uh, right. I, I, mm-hmm. I was, sure. you know, watching more straight up horror, but, but my brother and I, like, we loved like the airplane movies and naked gun and things sure. like that. I, I don't know how this one slipped by me, but, um, but yeah, so to see it so many did years any, after the fact is a little weird. It, I, it did did any it of the, punch. did any of the other slasher parodies make your radar, Jenny, like back that like National Lampoon's class reunion or, um. Like I, like I, well, I, I have was going a list down... at the end. So, but we'll do yeah. Saturday the Fourteenth, Pandemonium, yeah, uh, hysterical with the Hudson Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have to see that yeah. one. That's one I haven't seen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, Wacko well, is the other one. That's right, Wacko. Yeah. Once, once I found out about this and what it was, I wanted to see it real bad. But I, I but I feel like I didn't. I don't know. Siskel and Ebert didn't review it, right? I think you're right. I think it seemed uh, to get Siskel a very small Siskel reviewed it release. in the newspaper, and we'll get to his okay. uh, his thoughts okay. in a moment. I don't think I found that. Uh, but yes, it also opened in Chicago, where it did have an ad, but it was just the title and the tagline. It didn't have the cheerleader or anything. So I yeah. think they didn't quite know what to do with this film. Uh, I rented it early on. I was with my cousin uh, Andy, who's a, a girl. Um, was a year younger than me, so we, we watched a lot of movies. And uh, as always happened in the 80s as a teenager, if unless you had a cool mom like Jenny, uh, whatever the most salacious moment in the movie was, that's when their parents walked in. So, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing in student bodies. Famously, it's rated R for a very ingenious gag uh, involving fuck you, the words fuck you. And the one part where the kid, like, is holding up a condom, like, unveils a condom, that's when my Uncle Phil walked in and got mad at us for watching Student Bodies. So, that happened. He also busted us watching um, Bloodsucking Freaks, which I snuck in claiming was, like, a 50s horror movie. Bloodsucking Freaks, you know, it's a great old camp classic. <laughs> Good old But that movie. lasted, like, one second. It was the girl coming out of the crate, and he was like, oh, see ya. God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only moment in the movie. I mean, we'll talk about this, but there is also a telephone that ejaculates. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. Uh, I was going to so say there's, there's also I, that. For the I first t- time ever on Blu-ray, I realized that was jizz. Well, I always thought it was drool. Well, this is that's so. This is so interesting that we're having this because I think it is drool. But they couldn't do the effect of saliva just coming out, so they used something else to simulate drool that just looks like jizz. And, it's and I'm milky. sure it's yes, yeah. it's very milky. milky. <laughs> no, I, it's, I, mi- I said it's milky. I, I took I a screenshot. No, <laughs> I, I didn't taste it. Jesus. 
It's a I, what did they use to make jizz at Hustler? Kenny uh, had some like, formula. Yeah, it was like it was like conditioner. It was basically hair conditioner. Right. It but was, it was yeah, something was he like, whipped up. It was like egg yes, whites or yes. yeah, uh, glue yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I guarantee you the screenwriter wrote the drool, drool is coming out of the phone and then and then that's what they did. But the gag just looks like the phone is ejaculating, which is Yeah. Yeah, which is which is uh hilarious, I have to say. I got to say yeah. those are those uh those are my favorite parts of the film where I feel like it's the most effective when they're doing, you know, wacky visual gags like that and more apparent um more apparent parody type things of that are, that have that horror tinge to it like at a certain point it just it's just a straight up comedy there's nothing really like you yeah. know yeah yeah it could have been it could have been bloodier yeah i kind of wish that it had been a little um yeah i mean i'm not expecting to get the shit scared out of me by this thing but i wish there had been a little <laughs> bit more spooky kooky to it so there's nothing spooky it's just no. silly <laughs> All right, yeah. so more, some more general the notes the, here. Uh, the jizz out of the phone is gross. <laughs> it reminded me of in Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy's tongue yeah, comes totally, out. Yeah, totally, the tongue, like, yeah. Like, I, there's yeah. no, I mean, this has been commented like, on before. I the shit out of it, yeah. There, there's yeah. no way Wes Craven didn't see this movie. I mean, it's it's the opening totally. of Scream, basically, is the opening of this yeah. movie. And, yeah. And yeah. Freddy with the tongue coming out. Yeah, yeah no. I, I'm going to call Scream right. student bodies done wrong. <laughs> that's what that's what I've always called that film. So that's why I'm calling it that right now. Um, yeah. It looks cheaper than I remembered. I remember it looking like a like a major motion picture, and it does not. Student wow. bodies. Yeah. Well, and and this is more, and this probably isn't more in the general notes thing. But you read about how the the movie was basically made because of the writers' strike and Paramount right. going just yeah. crank out cheap shit that's yeah. non non guild. Uh, right. And um, so, yeah, so I, I'm sure it was very, very low budget. Okay. I also, I didn't realize before watching it this time how many, like, direct horror movie parodies it contains, like of The Shining and When a Stranger Calls and things like that. I thought it was just more conceptual. So I guess that's what the opening is. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. The opening is a parody of When a Stranger Calls, essentially, and then yeah, that. Yeah, and it, and it looks like Halloween, the front of that house there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, the there's, a, there's a little Black Christmas, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I um and, and we haven't talked yet about who who wrote and directed this. We're story. getting there. We're still in general notes. Please, we're 40 oh, minutes. Okay, we, have, okay. we have a few hours oh, left God. to go. Okay, yeah, yeah, good point. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Christ. Yeah, we're just getting started here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The ending to me this time was a tremendous letdown. I felt like this this really crazily clever thing just kind of peters out with the revelation yeah. of the killer and and the last shot is just a carry ripoff. And if I could go back and whisper in the ear of uh, writer director Mickey Rose, I'd say, "Have the arms come up out of the grave with a seltzer bottle and spritz that dude in the face." You know that that could have been some kind of desperate, uh, desperate reshoot, punch up the yeah. ending thing because yeah. because the the legend of this movie. Whenever I read a bad review of it, is like oh some funny gags, but halfway through completely runs out of steam. I, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say I was shocked, and that's how I always remembered it. 
I personally, I was shocked that it did not run out of steam. The, now, the, no. the and for any kind of hell's a pop and movie, they always do. That's just the deal, and it's always the most yeah. exciting in the first ten minutes or first act. But but the gags are pretty decent, and then yeah, the last bit where she's like running through the school, being chased by everyone. Yeah, it, yeah. it gets dragged out a little bit, and then you get the lame. Very perfunctory Carrie parody ending with no joke, yeah. like you said. But the batting average is pretty good. They they tried to, pretty hard. Yeah, they tried pretty yeah. hard. I think. Yeah. And, but uh, yes, lame ending. And the, as uh, I also saw commented online, clearly what's supposed to be the teenage female lead's arms being a. 40-year-old man, stuntman's arms, <laughs> and clearly a 40-year-old stuntman in a wig as her jumping out. To, like, they did a really bad right. job of the stunt double stuff. Big hairy <laughs> arms come out of the ground and grab them. Yeah. Um, the on-screen body count, I know I always thought this was ripped off by Quentin Tarantino and From Dusk Till Dawn, which is like when they when the TV reporter is talking about the two serial killer brothers, they say, now the body count's up to 13. Well, did you, you know, Mike, we've talked about my experience with a, a kid in sixth grade describing Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me without Dude. having, yes. see, you know, our favorite. Yes. But there was another kid who said to me, oh, I saw Friday the 13th. And and I was like, oh, whoa, what was it like? And he said to me, it's incredible. And there's this, and there's the killer. And every time they kill someone, a number comes on the screen. <laughs> he presented well, that to do me. That? They do that in the trailer. They do it in the trailer. Yeah, so right. I don't know if he saw the trailer and was passing it off as I've seen the movie. But even in what would I have been in then? Fifth grade or something? Like hearing that yeah. then I was like I was like even then I was like, now that's silly. Now that's very silly yeah, and right. no real horror movie. So so it also makes me wonder, could he have seen this or did he just see the trailer? But, but he saw yeah. the trailer. Somebody he probably told saw him the trailer. I want to yeah, say I also, so. I I fucking hate From Dust Till Dawn. I hated it the first time I saw it, and I still do. And I just thought of it because I, I had to think of it for this movie. It's unbearable. It truly seemed like a movie made for comic book nerds. I can see that. Like, nothing to do with fucking, like, horror movies or shit. Just, like, actual fucking, like, Marvel and DC fucking wastes <laughs> of everything that, you know, that control the culture. So that's the end of that tune. <laughs> Anyone have thoughts on From Dusk Till Dawn? No, nah, I haven't I, seen it in forever. I, I remember seeing I, it at the time, and yeah. I, yeah, I saw I, it once and I had it. Unbearable. I, was, uh, I will tell you, I was always, uh, I do remember the, I mean, like, I have to admit, all I remember is, like, it, I was always in love with Selma Hayek. That's, that's really all I remember was that was the first time you saw her, but... So that that's the one big it. memorable thing from the movie for me, you know. But yeah, I don't remember. Like, like even thinking about is now, it I Salma just remember Hayek or uh, Tom Savini. Tom Savini is he in it remember, too? He's in he that is, movie. right? Oh, boy, did that bomb. yeah, Jesus, Bob, Ed, Ben, please put in a lot of bomb sound effects <laughs> for me this week. <laughs> no, and I was just remembering now that Quentin Tarantino was actually in it. He, he and yeah, it's he had horrible. like a yes. fucking he George had like Clooney. A, Beatles it's haircut. like everything yeah. despicable possible. Yeah, did nothing. So. Nothing stuck with me but the Selma Hayek with the snake thing. You know, yeah, you not, not yeah. a real memorable movie. So uh, I will say, finally, in the general notes: two great dog performances in this film. Mm. Uh, Zeno as the meowing dog, which cracked me up. Meowing and, and farting. Cassine. 
Yes, that's right. The big meowing fart. and farting hilariously. Yeah. The, yes. I, that I'm telling you, the whole opening is yes. so great. The the I, gags are so nonstop. It's so funny, and and the meowing farting dog. And then for some reason, this is in a lot of great comedies. The what's so funny is not just that a dog meows, lifts its leg, and they've added a fart sound, but then they do that reaction shot of the actress amused, <laughs> shaking her head, going, "Oh, you." farting meowing dog like oh my god i was dying i loved it okay and the other great dog is uh cassin who plays the dro- the d- dog chauffeur for the blind guy oh yeah Which, yes yeah who gets who crashes into the wheelchair guy wheels the wheelchair guy right, let's talk about mickey rose the writer director so he was uh woody allen's buddy at midwood high school right around the corner from where Ben Reiser and I grew up. And uh, in, in his book, Woody Allen says Mickey Rose was like the most insanely funny person he had ever met at that point in, life, in his life. And they went on to co-write What's Up, Tiger Lily, Take the Money and Run in Bananas. Then Mickey became a very prolific TV writer. I've always wondered if, like, Woody Allen was forced to go to a theater and watch the student bodies. <laughs> And how much he loved it. I can see him crying laughing. I'm not just, I can yeah. see him double over like, yeah. my God, you've done it, Mickey. I, ugh, how am I well, going to top this? How am I well, going to top To me, this? there is a moment of true, you know, take the money and run or bananas level wit is during the funeral for the first victims where the cheerleader, cheerleaders have black pom-poms and black balloons. And they go, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, be sad. <laughs> it made me think of uh, Pretty Maids all in a row. This is our yeah. second, you know, funny funeral yeah. cheerleader high school movie. Yeah. 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 M- Mickey Rose, by the way, also wrote, uh, when I was looking at his TV credits, all these great shows, All in the Family, you know, Taxi. Yeah. And then I saw and then I saw Too Close for Comfort, which I got excited about, of course. Yeah. Me and the but Chimp. What, and remember this, the Stockard Channing show. God, did I, I love sure that. Do. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was on Where Sunday she was nights. A, yeah. Oh, she was a consumer advocate. Remember? That yes. was her job. She was on a <laughs> Wait, fight this back was like with a David scripted... Horowitz. A sitcom. It was a Sunday like a night sitcom. Multicam yeah. sitcom. Yes, the Stockard remember, Channing I'm show. Remember, I'm younger. I remember oh, it so you well. You missed it, Jenny. You missed it. It, was <laughs> called, it. it originally was called Just Friends. And then... NBC had a show on at the same time on the same night called Friends, about three young friends, a boy, a girl, and another boy. And uh, so they changed it to the Stockard Channing show. Yes, this is wedged in my mind. Now, wasn't like Garrett Graham or somebody on that show? or Maybe it was Mark Blankfield. Right. It could have been either one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And the, other thing, Mickey, yeah. and the other thing Mickey Rose wrote for Woody Allen is the Moose Sketch, which is oh, you know, one which of is, Woody's yeah. funniest the, bits ever. One of his that's classics. his stairway to heaven of stand-up yeah. bits. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. Mickey Rose wrote it. But now when you say writer-director, you did read all the stuff that Well, I'm getting Michael, there. So. Yeah, yeah. So but, Michael Ritchie, who is you know certainly uh, a saintly figure in my mind when it comes to cinema, the... Uh, Director of uh, The Candidate, The Bad News Bears, and Smile, which I'll have some news about soon. Uh, One of my all-time favorite films, um, among many other movies. He uh, was the producer, took his name off, went for the Alan Smithy credit. It's said that he uh, co-wrote and co-directed. 
And um, it doesn't really have the Richie touch anywhere, but it looked like, <laughs> no. as far as I could tell, uh, they kind of sent the studio sent him to sort of make sure Mickey Rose could deliver a movie. And, you know, he did. So he got it finished. If, if uh, there's anyone, you know, when we talk about going down rabbit holes of trying to find yeah. stuff online, I found a guy online. His name is K. David Cochran. Okay. All who right. says, KDC. and he is credited, he is credited as a, a bit actor in the movie. Right. He says when he was a teenager in Texas, they shot it. And he said, uh, every, every moment as I, I was on the set was Michael Ritchie directing. He said, I never saw Mickey Rose. Wow. Direct. And, like, uh, and it, it, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this is explosive exclusive. It is cute. <laughs> this is, I, I'm sorry, everybody, we should have led with stuff. this massive. Yes. But, um, I know there's been a lot of news this week, but this is the news that will knock everything else off. Whatever is happening while we're recording this is the there's world There's going to be ends. a drudge headline with the siren, just bright red. Yeah. Mickey Rose exposed. Um, but, uh. But but he but he said he's he was like go to my MySpace page. There's a whole blog about it. Here's the link, and his MySpace page is gone. Oh. So so if anyone can find it, if anyone is better please. with the Wayback Machine or whatever than me, please, please. find Kate David Cochran's explosive. <laughs> blog. Maybe he was taken out by the Mickey oh, Rose. Yeah. Maybe you know maybe MySpace yeah. was taken down by the Mickey maybe, Rose conspiracy yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, by the. Deep student body state. They <laughs> so uh, Michael Ritchie at the time is coming off the gigantic bomb, the island. Um, and the decently received Bette Midler concert film, um, Divine Madness. And he was heading into oh. another bomb, The Survivors. But then he had a hot streak with uh, Fletch and Wildcats that got him the job directing The Golden Child. So, uh, you know. Yeah. A moment Not of bad. flux from Michael Ritchie. That's Richie. a fun career. That's a good yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. What What was the reception of this movie? Rapturous. Uh, it, Reviewers <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Audiences were thrilled, and it was one of the best-reviewed films of 1981. In uh, general, <laughs> critics had to add a fifth J to the 4J yes. rating system. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Roger Ebert, I had this quote from his review. I ejaculated like the phone itself watching <laughs> student bodies. <laughs> I mean, people went Three crazy. thumbs up. Yes. Um, yes. So I think one the reaction amazing... was non-existent. I think it was non-existent, right? I mean, no, yeah, no, uh, it was, like, it, yeah. It, yeah, it barely got advertised, so it didn't yeah. get reviewed. They definitely didn't screen it for the critics. Um. It's amazing how absolutely no one in the cast seemed to work again, let alone to yeah. go on to anything noteworthy. And uh, like, by the way, no one. which is really yeah. crazy because the two leads, Kristen Ritter, yeah. not, not that one, right. and then what was the fella's name? Um, oh, God damn it. I guy, have it here. Uh, Haldsby. Uh, it's like, a, I should have written it down. Matthew Goldsby. Goldsby. Matthew Goldsby are very, they're they're cute yeah. and kind of yeah. funny and sh should have done other stuff. The only other thing for Kristen Ritter I could find what? was the that's Centerfold video, the Jay Giles Band Centerfold That's right, video. yeah. She's the, the you girl definitely, that everybody Once you know was, that, you see her all the time. You just, that you can't right. help but see her, yeah. Who, so, who people my age thought was Martha Quinn of MTV. Uh, that was well, the hey, big hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I have a whole Mike, category. man, we got to talk, man. Come on. <laughs> we got, we got, no, no, no. You're right. You're Come right. on, man. Keep talking. Yeah, let's get wild. Let's get crazy. You're right. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a whole category here called one and done actors. Ooh. In this nice. phase. Okay. Kristen Ritter as Toby. One Listed and done. as Kristen Ryder. Did you notice that in the opening credits? They misspell her name. In the opening <laughs> credits of the film, it says R-I-T-E-R. And then in the end credits, it's R-I-T-T-E-R. That's really sloppy. But and anyways. What my note, though, is that apparently kids thought she was Martha Quinn when they were watching it on HBO. So That makes, yes, yeah. that makes sense. Um, she also, did you remember Lydia Millet? I think she might have been gone from Hustler before you got there. No, uh-uh. she was a copy. She was the copy chief, and then she became like a major uh, novelist. She left Hustler okay. and has written a bunch of uh, like very acclaimed literary novels. But uh, yeah, Kristen Ritter and Lydia Millet. There you go. Carl Jacobs as Doctor Sigmund, one of the funniest performances I have ever seen in any movie. One and done. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's, that whole scene yeah, was great. That's wild. Drying her tears with his yes, pipe. Yes, where he was f- arranging. <laughs> Call me daddy. Uh, what ki- what killed me was the... <laughs> Call me Pisher. Pisher! <laughs> Call me Pisher. What about later he's wearing the backwards suit and just waving his arms <laughs> I just like when it's he pu- pushes his chair back and hits the wall. Yeah, hits his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peggy, Peggy Cooper as Mrs. Van Dyke. One and done. I loved her. And she I was think, funny. She was I great. I feel yes. like... As as a woke 2020 American, I'm not supposed to like this ball-busting character that's named Van Dyke. Um, but I, I found her pretty relatable, and uh, yeah, I liked... Please. Yeah, she was like the science teacher. I liked when she was talking about how you can't remove men's penises, legally anyway. Oh, that was great. But yeah. let's, uh, great. Yeah, let's, let's get to these Complete. frogs and remove the... I think she called them <laughs> ugly little frog penises. <laughs> yeah. She was just like so gleeful and, about removing them. I, I'm into her. She, and when I you like say her, her name is Van Dyke, when you say her name is Van Dyke, they even... Pause the film at one point yeah. for the the killer yeah. to say Van Dyke. What's in a name? Everything. Wasn't that <laughs> like, well, just in case he, you didn't get it. Just that's when he does know. his his yeah. insult comic uh, rundown with the rim shots. <laughs> yeah, he's really kind of mean to the lead. Or he calls her a. He says a chick in a purple sweater with a page boy. Or remember he says, that? Like well, yeah, she, calls she calls her Prince Valiant, Valiant Prince Valiant. in a plum sweater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my God, that's not nice. And she had that uh, button that just said no. That was great. That's right. Well, then she takes it off, and then her shirt says, "I I said no," and then the, on her bra it says, "I'm telling you for the last time, no." <laughs> <laughs> so, and and wait, wait, on your one and done list, is it also yes. what the the principal actor is it the guy that plays the principal? Uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Also, uh, he was not one and done, but almost. Okay. Uh, oh no, he was one and done. One and done. Sorry. You're okay. Right. And I forgot to put his name down. You're right. Uh Brian Batitis Batitis as Wheels, one and done. Uh Joan Browning Jacobs as Mrs. Hummers, the babysitting client, was hilarious. Hysterically freaking out over uh you know, having to pay seventy five cents an hour. Ugh. One and done. That- she that the two of them them as a couple coming in they're coming yeah. to coming home they would let the babysitter and they've been the babysitter's been murdered upstairs and the married couple walks in the house and you hear her scream and then it's what was it she left the tv dirty on dirty dishes or she didn't do the dishes she, she didn't, didn't do the dishes and at so 75 many, and, cents an hour 
Yeah. It nonstop funny smart gags. There the yeah. the product endorsement thing where she opens the fridge and there's yes. Kentucky Fried Chicken, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And I Dr. love the, the gag of the father picking up the piece of fried chicken <laughs> chef yes. and putting the skin back on a the rubber fried band. chicken with the rubber band. Yeah. With a rubber First, he just band. Says, he just goes chicken. chicken. <laughs> chicken. What is the Dr. Curious? Pepper placement was fucking great too. I I love the I'm a be a pepper, I'm a pepper. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) So Matthew Goldsby as Hardy the boyfriend. He played a background reporter in Francis, the Francis Farmer story, and done. Janice O'Malley as Nurse Crud. She uh, played Mrs. Clark in the last picture show and done. Okay. All right. Now this is fascinating you said that because I was just thinking, why would there be Uh, well here's what I think it is. It I'm guessing, I don't know. Did they cast it in Texas? Is it just all local Texas actors? That's the, the answer. The second you said the last picture yeah. show. Yeah, yeah it's just Texas it. people yeah. who didn't make it out. Yeah. Yeah, well, really I, too I, bad. I'm surprised some agents didn't board a plane and fly out and <laughs> scoop these well, people the, up. With you all know the what? rave reviews. The, no. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, was shot in Texas and starred and was barely released and starred Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. So why you know why? these two? Because no. this film created an influx of actors to the Austin area. After Is that uh, true? No, of course not. <laughs> no, no, oh, God. Okay. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is, I thought you were going to say, no. that's why Austin's cool. Because of this no. movie. Well, it yeah, okay. sort of is. But, uh, yeah. Charles wow. Trotter as the announcer, the guy who uh, stops the movie to say that, you know, to get this to be rated R, fuck you. Uh, he went on to play a character named Leo in Forever Evil in 1987 and done. Yeah. And then finally, here's a big one. Sarah Eckhart as Patty, the most beautiful girl in school who is fucking hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. She played Cherry in Things Change which is uh, with Donna Michi. It's a Shel Silverstein. Um, I think it's Shel Silverstein and uh, why, uh, Jules Pfeiffer wrote the script, I think. Wow. Um, that's it, 88 and done. But she went into politics. She worked for Governor Ann Richards, then became a judge and is now a member of the Texas Senate. What? Oh, my God. That's awesome. Wow. So here's, here's something wow. I never knew before today. Richard Brando is Richard Belzer. Did what? you guys okay. know? Did you know that? No. Yeah. yeah. The no. breather is Richard Belzer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I, no, I did not know. And I wasn't sure. So so you think that's absolutely true, right? Like it when, is. And, and when you listened to it, you yeah. went, okay, yes. that's great. I, it's, it seemed wow. almost too good to be true. And, and he was putting on such an exaggerated voice. I was like, I yeah. can't, once I've read that. Wow. The IMDb credits uh, the executive producer Jerry Belson as the breather, right. as the breather, yeah. but it's it's not. He he was also on hand helping to get the movie uh, be made. Uh, he was a, another TV writer. No, so, so in an much, AV club, they asked him, "What's that?" So much subterfuge around this movie. All the fake <laughs> names. And- I mean, this goes. What did they know, and when did they know it? And- <laughs> And and young and young deaths with the stick. The stick. Yeah, he, he died. We'll get to the stick in Very a minute. Young. So Belzer. Yeah. I'm so puzzled, um, Aaron. Yeah, he said in in an AV Club interview, Belzer said of student bodies, "I forgot doing that. Frankly, I don't deny it. 
I've heard it, and it certainly is my voice on the phone. I swear I don't remember doing that. Laughs. Was that from the 70s? And then the next one they brought up was another one that people wonder about, Cafe, Cafe Flesh. And he said, uh, do you remember? He's like Johnny Rico. They, they call him Loud. Yes. Although Johnny Rico is the guy coming. He's like, Johnny Rico the man. Uh, right. As Loudmouth. says, that I remember. A friend of mine asked me to do that. Fortunately, I didn't have to disrobe. I played an MC of the future or something. It's funny. I didn't realize how graphic that film would be when I shot it. And then I th- saw it and I thought, holy shit. Strange film. That I remember. It was kind of a mini cult film. The Bells. Wayne. I wonder if they just brought in the Bells after. I wonder if Belzer wrote any of those jokes. You know what I mean? Because it's, I don't know. Well, yeah, except that they're all I don't like know. Yeah. major TV all super writers. pro comedy yeah. writers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, but that's really that's really funny. That's really so. Uh, the stick is Malvert. So this is certainly what pe- people remember. Two things about this movie is Malvert and Horsehead Bookends. And mm-hmm. so what I have learned is that he was a stand-up comic who occasionally performed under these names: Ollie Joe Pratter, S. P. Dinsmore, and Vivian Mayer. He was a semi-professional bowler in Texas. Uh, the IMDb bio says extremely thin and zany comic actor, regrettably brief career, born Patrick Boone Varnell. Um, student bodies. Uh, he was a stagehand on an episode of the Nickelodeon comedy series Out of Control. Do you guys remember that? In 1984? No. It was a sketch no. comedy series with Dave Coulier. Yeah, I wow. did not have cable then. No. And then unfortunately, yeah, died at 48. His body was donated to science. <laughs> well, and I, I actually want to play donor. I want to play Quincy here for a minute and I want to diagnose Yes, him. please. I believe right. that the stick had Marfan syndrome. You guys know what Marfan All syndrome right, tell is? Tell us what that is. Okay, no. it's a gen- it's no, it's uh, a it's it's a mutation of the gene having to do with connective tissue. And people with Marfan right. syndrome are generally like really tall, very lanky, and because of the connective tissue thing, they're often double jointed, underweight, wow. sunk, mm. sunken chests, um, small jaws, uh, vision problems. I mean, it's him to a T. It's him to a T. We're going to start so. a new show with you called Queen Itchy, Emmy. <laughs> like Quincy. <laughs> Quincy, there was a- Emmy. Yeah, there was, uh, I don't know, there there was some theory floating around that, that Abe Lincoln may have had it. But the reason I know this is because I actually, oh. uh, I actually, yeah, dated somebody who was a, 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 an ectomorph, let's say, who, um, yeah, a doctor had told him that he, he might have Marfan syndrome. They have heart problems a lot, too. So I'm thinking, like, dying Ooh, at 48, wow. you know, it's, I don't know. It's That's just my theory. It was, a, it, was, it was a heart <laughs> issue. I mean, yes. you know. I, Feel kind of bad just throwing somebody out there like this, but is, is there any chance Joey Ramone uh, could have had this syndrome? Because I, I was going to say, sure. he, yeah, physically, he, yeah, yeah. He, all he the remi- things you're describing, the chin, the glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he reminded me. Joey Ramone cross- also had a um, conge- he had a congenital twin too, didn't he? Have an attached twin when Ooh, he was born. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I think so. He had like I a bile. Yeah. But yeah, but Malbert the, also remind you of him? For sure. Yeah. Malbert reminded me of kind of like a cross between Joey Ramone, Bill Haverchuk um, from Freaks and Geeks. Mm. Um, I mean, a more extreme version. 
um, Mark Borchart from American Movie a little sure. bit. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of jumped yeah. out at me. And then, yeah, just a, a stick, like a literal stick. Yeah. Maybe a pinch of our crumb. I could throw a pinch sure. of crumb yeah. in there, too. I could yeah. see that, yeah. To grow an inch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Joe Flood is Mr. Dumpkin. So, Horsehead Bookends, bookends is was one of the funniest things I ever experienced in my life, and still remains so. Um, he is the shop teacher who is obsessed with creating horsehead bookends. And at some point in the late 80s, there was a band called uh, Horsehead Bookends that played like the New York punk circuit. And I was mm-hmm. never able to see them. I never tracked them down Aww. to like the right time, the right show. This was his movie debut. He went on to a long career of bit parts, uh, such as Police Captain in A View to a Kill. He played... <laughs> Both Cabby and Cabby Number Two on separate episodes of Crazy Like a Fox. He played a character named Drunk on a TV show called Private Eye. He played Cop in Naked Gun Thirty Three and a Third, and finally Cabby on Mad About You. So he had a type. Boy, he was funny. He was hilarious. In this. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. So here's Gene Siskel's rave. Uh, he gave the movie ultimately a bad review. He said, like everybody else. Uh, Funny, especially the beginning, and then just runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. But he says, by far the funniest character is Mr. Dumpkin, Joe Flood, the woodshop instructor. This guy looks like a parody of a National <laughs> Rifle Association member. He actually planes his crew cut to a fine edge, and he's got this thing for horsehead bookends. He actually, uh, it's all very funny stuff, and it's almost worth the price of admission to hear Joe Flood talk lovingly about horsehead bookends. He makes the words horsehead bookends sound positively <laughs> filthy. The, the scene of him getting all worked up watching our young couple on the dance floor yeah. and he gets all horny and has to run off and make a horse head bookend <laughs> to cool down is his his physical acting. You can see that he's slightly grinding his crotch against the table saw and trying to... It's fucking brilliant. It's really funny. Yeah. You know, right from, right from kind of like frame one of this movie, you know what, Mike, you and I don't often talk about this. The National Lampoon High School yearbook, that really has to be maybe the single most influential piece of comedy of from when it came out on of the of the late 20th century. Like I, couldn't, if, if I could not agree more. It's also a comic achievement beyond anything else. And it's like forgotten and there's kind of no way more than Animal House. More than Animal House. Yeah, well, I mean, Animal House it, it became Animal based House based on that. Yeah, I mean it came out of that. But um, to think of the very specific sensibility yeah. it defined that then all these comedies, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, it's like the Beatles say the blues right. were a chair, right? Like, right. Yeah. and you've learned how to build a chair. That high school yearbook, that's a, that's yeah. the chair of Right up to, I would say, um, the sitcom AP Bio, which I love, which is still, you know, which has Patton Oswalt as like the hapless principal and, you know, a crazy mm-hmm. woodshop teacher and... You know, it, uh, uh, Paul Appel as her own version of a very lovable Mrs. Van Dyke. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's absolutely the wellspring for comedy. And there's and, no and way I, to rediscover it because there's no way young people could understand it at all. No. Oh, God, no. It, no, it would just be like, but it would be like so the Koran now. Multi, like, multi-layered. It has scribblings throughout it, like little drawings and stuff that create subplots as you read it. Yeah, it's amazing. And and this movie, I think why I enjoyed the comedy in this movie so much, because it's not like it's well done or, or right. you know, it's right. a this big scattershot mess. But 
it does combine my two favorite types of comedy that you don't always see combined. And it, and it, it's surprising in a Zucker style movie, which is, and we've talked about these two schools, the lampoon, the lampoon school, which right. was moving away from traditional Borscht belt, Jewish right. humor and Borscht belt, Jewish humor. It's the best. And, of both, and it's, yes. it's just, yes, it's the best of both. And the things that I laughed the hardest at, I have to say were the breather, his lines, his just old Jewish comedy shtick yeah. where he, He's heavy breathing and it's POV as he stalks women. And then he's saying things like, my luck, I picked a jogger. I had to pick a jogger. <laughs> like, it's just all old timey. Uh, I'd like to kill the kid with the gum. That, who put the that gum on the almost steps. almost killed me it's, the first I mean, time I heard it. It's sugarless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's just an old. Uh, <laughs> Why do know, I even wear these Jackie galoshes? Mason. Yeah. It's just all yes, it's just old Jackie Mason shtick that I just oh my god, I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> the only part I didn't enjoy it was the disturbing and it was an amazing indictment of the audience thing when the breather jacks off in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's a really genuinely creepy. I'm doing what my mommy told me not to. Do. <laughs> like, it really is well. Uh, oh, okay, I have one more actor, and then I want to talk. Let's get back to that scene. So Mimi Waddell yeah. as Miss Mumsley, who I thought for a minute was the mother from Mother's Day, but it's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, she no, was a that's... very prolific New York actress, uh, did a lot of print ads, too. She was a grandmother character on Sex in the City, I guess was is what she was best known for at the end. Um, and she's the subject of the 2008 documentary Hats Off. Described as a documentary on a New wow. York City woman who has spent most of her 93 years in the world of movies, TV, commercial, and print media. So, getting back to what wow. you said about the indictment of the audience. Um, <laughs> and again, it's interesting that the girls are not nude. And it's like, why did, uh, they, yes. why did they choose this? Why did they choose to make a, you know, to, it couldn't all have been to hang it on that one gag about I, how they got the I mean, R rating. I, I'll tell you my theory, personally. Yeah. I think this movie was made by 45, 50-year-old guys who didn't like these movies. They didn't like slasher right. movies. They did think they were gross. They right. and, and I think that indictment of the audience with him going like, he's saying things like, uh, uh, I love girls' underwear. I love, yeah. like, Boobs. I think they he's really like, he work. Likes, he likes sweat. He likes girls. I like girls' girl sweat. sweat. Yeah. And then he says, I, think they... I feel itchy. What? <laughs> oh That's my God. right. I think they really did. They really were genuinely critical of it. They really were grossed out by it, and they right. didn't. And I and they were like, "We're not gonna make that because it should be gorier too, not just yeah. nudity. Yeah. It should be a gorier thing to be a parody." And I think they were grossed out by that. I would agree with and, that, but why would the uh, money guys allow that? Is my other question. Like, because you need tits, you need blood in these movies. You got you got to think this was just cranked out in some mad, right. crazy Nobody rush with Michael yeah. Ritchie going down. Yeah, like we just got to fill this void of writer's yeah. strike, you know, and they weren't paying attention. Yeah. Right. Oh, I was just going to say the best part of that scene, too, is how the screen suddenly says one minute later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. It came in a minute. Yes. And <laughs> and Paramount was making the Friday the Thirteenth movies of this, so they weren't right. making these films with all this right. blood and nudity. I got to think it was uh, these guys weren't into that, you know. So this is this is where it gets interesting. This is where we can get a little uh, film theorist. It is a very, as you said, it is an indictment of the audience. It is it is a a hate letter to these movies. Yeah, um, yeah, and it is a specific 
commentary on the slasher films and uh, you know and with sex kills being one of the themes here and it's interesting that the the breather is specifically wanting to kill these girls because they've had sex and yes to and, and then wacko up that uh the next year with death to teens who so the the killer in the pumpkin head yells in the first scene death to teens who fuck but then they didn't have like the the courage of their uh, commitment there they cut that out that's in the uncut version of it but to me that's interesting that that criticism was present that early it's only a year I, after I friday the 13th yeah it's not and like I've there always, had been a hundred right. sequels already that, that right are, right yeah. I mean, they were they were right. coming fast and furious. I mean, it's two years after Halloween, but still, it's it, it like it was there on the ground from these Hollywood guys, and mm-hmm. I I have always questioned that take about. Now I understand hindsight; you wedge stuff in, and that's fun about these being essentially conservative movies and morality tales. I think they're just money machines pitched to young men. Young men want to see sex and violence, but. Uh, it was easier to sell these as violence and sex. And how do you have that happen in a horror movie? You have the young people have sex. So that means you see girls boobs. Well, I, I always mean, felt that way too, that it was more subtle from, from watching the entire movies. And that's right. what that, the whole men, women and chainsaws book is right. about. I was going to say like, and okay, that it does. just kind of codified it and said, this is how it is. But, but the, the thing, but the counter argument that, that I told you really blew my mind is, uh, there's there are these incredible trailer compilations called Trailer right. Trauma. I heartily recommend that are we on. We can't Blu-ray. recommend them enough. Garage They're House Pictures Trailer Traumas. And I believe it's and they've done a couple volumes and they're themed. And I think it's the second volume is just 80s horror by year. Here's all the 80, 1980, 81, 82 in order. And when you see how they were marketed and when you watch them, that's when you go, oh, this was a campaign of misogynist terror <laughs> like this that's where you see and that's marketing department and that's different than the body of the movie but that's where you see okay this was a part of this terror campaign <laughs> you and i talked about watching yeah. those things it but we have a lady mind. on so let's hear from the lady how did you now you were a well, kid i was just gonna point. say that, like you? looking i i was just gonna say that thinking back on what you were just saying about how in the the locker room scene there was no nudity everybody's in a bra and panties i think the only actual nudity in it was was the boyfriend's butt in the beginning yes yeah, for so a that's, second that's kind of funny you yeah. can kind of yeah, see yeah, his yeah, balls for a second, too but i mean it's yeah. it's not it's, you, it's yeah, not super balls, yeah. yeah and he's about to roll over and uh but it's it's dark so you don't see him hanging dong or anything and, and but, i have um, to say yeah. i've never saw it before this I never noticed that before this super clean print that is available now. It always looked muddy. That you see a lot of this guy. Yeah. 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 And his, but his how does it like, affect what, you as, a, as a, a, a girl child? Um, God. Um, I think that I am an odd representation of, of a girl child in that, um, I mean, I, I wanted to see the boobs too. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like when you were saying Mike about, you know, looking back, you know, looking back on this stuff that you, you can insert subtext into things and you can like, I don't know. I just think I wasn't thinking too deeply about it as a kid. I was so young. 
I was just into the titillation. I was sure. into the sex and death and blood. And but I really, I I always gravitated towards the slashers that had uh, more humor in them. But I, I mean, horror in general makes me laugh. Gross things make me laugh. My dog puking. If I weren't in the middle of recording a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Would normally, I mean, well, not make me laugh because I don't want my dog to be. <laughs> you got to, you got to clean it up, yeah. But like puke yeah, and yeah. shit, and you know, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. Just yeah, it just, it's like all, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's to get a reaction, and that worked on me as a kid. I really wasn't thinking politically about it, or like I, get I don't you. know that it, yeah, yeah. I always thought I, as a kid, when I finally got to see these movies, like. I always thought, I genuinely thought, like, I would be fifth, sixth grade, I'd be up watching whatever the midnight, like, you know, spooky movie theater was, and they'd have all the slasher ads. The ads scared me more than anything. And it was always, I think we've discussed this, Mike, it was always the baritone voice, voiceover, nihilistic sounding guy. A day of horror, like you have never experienced. It was often Adolf Yes. Like, was it really okay? I never often, knew that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a, a lot of times the suggestion of stuff is way scarier than actually seeing the gore. I yeah. mean, to this day, the theme song from Tales from the Dark Side makes my wow. it gives me fucking piss shivers. Like, yeah, you know what good. I'm talking about? Yeah, the world. But, it's like, like it's just, but you know what yeah. I always hated? It's a weird synth. I, I always hated how it was like it, it would show you a nice playground. It'd go, oh, the day when there's light, things aren't that scary. Yeah, yeah. but. There's a dark side. And then they showed the swing set in a negative image. It was negative. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so weird. oh it was so the swing set is, oh, a scary swing set. I always, that part I didn't like. I okay, can I tell you another thing I hate from this era? Yes. More yes. than anything. That fucking HBO Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, fucking terrible. I hate it. Hate it. I mean, I you didn't. Know, I, I, I didn't see a lot of that as a kid, but I know I've, I've, I know I've told you this story about how as a kid I would. I would sit in front of a, a fan with a tape recorder and I would read right. like EC comics and I would do the Crypt right. Keeper voice. And you know, when you talk into a fan, it makes you sound yeah, kind well, that's of so much better than that like, stupid HBO puppet show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you heard the tapes? Is it Mike? Is it really? <laughs> a thousand percent. Like, yes. You know, I'm alone. And I mean, this is, this is why it's, you know, it's funny to think of me like, having any kind of sensitive reaction to shit like this as a you as a young girl like this is what i was doing in like fifth right. grade is sitting alone in my bedroom right reading ec comics doing the crypt keeper into a fucking fan like i don't i i yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> watching faces of death although you know, not 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 to not to do the i'm not like other girls thing like I right. find that really distasteful, <laughs> but but I'm just being honest that I yeah. Oh, well, uh, that's you know you're the first lady guest on this show, and for a reason. No, no, Ginger. Oh, on this <laughs> yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need to have your uh, wife on here. She's coming on. Yeah, she has a movie. We have a movie picked out. So Good. Good. She's coming. She's she wanted genius. to wait for the right title. Comedy she genius. she did a brief guest uh, stint on uh, seventy movies we saw in the seventies, which was I phenomenal. heard her, and it only made me want her as a guest more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't deprive your audience any longer. We shot. So, uh, any final thoughts on this, and then we'll talk about what else we're showing this week. Uh, I guess I, I just I just can't see any toilet blobbies in this movie. No, at I all. loved it. Completely. I see only yeah. student bodies. Yes. So many, so many gags that I really enjoyed. I mean, we really could just go down the checklist of yeah. that one, that one. It's, yeah. it's, I, 
Yeah, this is a fun. <laughs> this is a dogma style podcast. That's we are right. so right. dedicated. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's All a right. dog okay. puke style podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think. There were a lot of fun visual gags, a lot of fun slapstick, loved all of that. Loved, like, the teenagers making out under the bleachers while garbage was raining down Fucking on hilarious, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the peanut-selling guy, you know, people are buying hot dogs, and he's squirting <laughs> the mustard right in their face. Hilarious. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, and like I said, I don't know. I mean, not to be a cliche, but I am really, like, very focused on Malvert. Anytime, it was the same yeah. when I watched Freaks yeah. and Geeks, like... I couldn't take my eyes off Bill Haverchuk. Like, I just, uh, there was just something about this Malvert that captured my imagination, and he was the standout to me. Um, but still, I'm giving it, you know, three J's, three J's. instead of four. Three J's. Uh, just because I do wish that there were a little bit more bloodshed. Sure. Um, sure. You know, because sure. I, I think that can be funny in a slapstick um, format as well. So. Do you, Jenny, when your dog threw up, did your dog first meow and fart? Or did, <laughs> did the dog just, yes, it just Aaron, puke? Yes, she oh. did, she did. Oh, and God, that's just, crazy. Yes, and I wish I you had captured like that. You shouldn't have turned the camera off. Oh, God. I know, I, so... I looked at her like, you. <laughs> oh, you did a reaction. Great, yes. Oh, Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <Yep>. Okay, <laughs> so let's run through... Some movies opening the same day as Student Bodies. Yeah, uh, we'll begin nationally, then we'll go to the uh, the three biggest media markets. So, uh, Beatlemania, a film I saw in the theater. Oh my God! No kidding. Yes. Was it just the concert, or did it have other stuff? Did it have song no, no, remains it had, the same kind of framing had, device? No, it had like little proto music. Well, it wasn't proto at that point. It had music video type stuff. So it was like a wow. couple like at a train station for we can work it out. They're like not talking and they're not facing Great. each other. And then eventually they work it out through dance. Uh, heavy Metal, which I also saw in the theater. Uh, not me. Wasn't allowed and was so pissed about it. This oh, was right when so bad. my uh, parents were starting to let me go to R-rated movies. And that one, that one oh, slipped in and it boy. was awesome. It did somehow freak me out and I couldn't sleep that night. I was really, uh, yeah. It was. It's lit Do you my remember brain what, what, which segment it was that scared you, or was it just the overall? I wasn't scared. It was the overall impact, but it was also a feeling right. of the world is so nihilistic and adults are terrified. Sure, <laughs> and stupid, and yeah, right, yeah. But it was uh, something about. I think it was like when the zombies are closing in on the World War II guy. Yeah, I that's was like, the, man, everything yeah. ends in brutality, doesn't it? That's life. I had suspected right. as much, and it was just another it moment of confirmation. But I loved it. I mean, I was out of my mind for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, this is this is going to be an epic show because I have to read this Tarzan the Ape Man thing. Okay. So Tarzan the Ape Man opened the same day. And what we're going to get now is so there is a two-page ad in the Daily News. One side is the poster with uh, uh, Bo Derek swinging on a vine. And the other is <laughs> Gene Shalit's The Transcript of his full review from the Today Show. Oh, wow. Which I will now read for everybody. I love these dramatic readings. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Usually when I see a movie, I take notes. But this time I want to take pictures because the movie is Bo Derek's Tarzan. A spoof, a laugh, a lot of fun. The movie is set in 1910. Bo Derek plays Jane Parker, an adventurous lass who arrives in Africa to join her father, Richard Harris. He allows Jane to accompany him on his hazardous trek 
and they successfully make it over hill, over dale, and under budget. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, hang on. It's <laughs> about 45 more minutes here. Uh, Jane is captured <laughs> by a tribe of painted savages who I call pastel heads. Bad. Jane is rescued from Tarzan by Tarzan. Good Tarzan. The jungle primitive never saw 10. So when he first lays eyes on Bo, he is speechless. In fact, he doesn't say a word in the entire movie. But when he flexes his muscles and swings into action, it becomes a mixture of Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> oh, my Derrick, God, that's good. John, <laughs> John Derrick has written and directed Tarzan with tongue-in-cheek and, and camera in hand. His first shot of Bo is a send-up of Bo in 10. There she wore a vital veil. Here she's in a pit helmet. Tarzan's jungle plot is filled with animals. A lion, an orangutan, a terrific elephant scene, and a constricting python whose embrace leaves Jane breathless. Yes, Jane is often nude, but there's an innocence about the topless Bo Derek in the forest of the noble savage. The film sure. is never teasing. It is never salacious. You may have heard that a judge ordered most of the nudity cut from the film, but what little nudity has been cut doesn't matter. There's plenty of it in the movie. What matters is the lighthearted point of view. The lively story. Richard Harris going great guns and as a dogmatic explorer. The muscular, masculine, timid Tarzan. And best of all, Bo Derek so sweetly appealing in her Jane Parker role. She and Tarzan are a couple of jungle swingers. A chest-beating, chest-bearing pair. They'll make fun-loving audiences go ape. The enjoyable Tarzan the Ape Man will be one of the summer's hottest box, box office hits. I'm Gene Shalit. Wow. <laughs> masturbating in my toilet. <laughs> wow. He 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 was never a print guy, right? Or was no. he? I, not he was that just I know a TV of. guy. I yeah. think so. Yeah, like so was that, that was a transcript. Yeah, that's a transcript. <laughs> so it says it says Shalit the his, show, yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed off the top of his head rant yeah. on the With Today the three poll yeah. quotes that they used on the posters at the end. My favorite being Tarzan and Jane are a couple of jungle swingers. So Yeah, oh that Hollywood and Vine joke is gold, man. Yeah. Did you say you saw it. that in the theater? No. No. But I will say it was playing uh at the Route thirty five drive in, in uh Jersey near near Keensburg. The second bill on the double feature was When Women Had Tales, that crazy uh, caveman movie from Italy from like 71 or something. And I had never heard of it, and I was like, God, i got to learn more about that. And then uh, I watched it later. What uh, else was out? Amanda by Night in uh, New York City, the great uh, film noir X-rated film with uh, Veronica Hart. Uh, the Prowler opened in Chicago with Tom Savini. Was it, is that what's the alternate title on that? It's like Rosemary's Last Dance oh, or something. Yes, it is something very flowery. It, it's, it's Rosemary. Rosemary yeah. Some with Rosemary. Yes, yeah, that's right. Okay, in in Los Angeles, the night the lights went out in Georgia opened. I'm still doing the Gene Shallot voice, sort of in my head. So. <laughs> Which I want to do, that? like a but that's Christy McNichol and Mark. Hamill. Christy McNichol. Okay, Chris we, we got to do there. like a country song episode where when we finally yeah. find, take this job and shove it. That'd be great. Also in L.A., On Any Sunday 2, a documentary sequel to the uh, motocross racing documentary On Any Given Sunday. Okay. Okay, so currently playing Arthur, saw it in the theater. Uh, wish I had. Uh, Love it. 
so my little brother and two girls behind us threw garbage at me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> at the Kingsway Theater. Uh, blowout. Awesome. The God, Force... I got to watch. that. That's coming soon. I'm going to rewatch that on my yeah. big De Palma kick, yeah. The Four Seasons. Saw it with my grandmother. You know how I feel about that and all Alan Alda yes. cinema. Yes, we'll, we'll be doing an Alda soon. Yeah, we're doing uh, an Alda tribute. S.O.B. God, can we get him? Can we get Alan Alda? Oh, I'll, I'll we'll give God, a Let's shot. get Alan yeah. Alda. God, let's do it. Uh, S.O.B., Jen- you said? Jenny, you've seen S.O.B.? Yes. You yes, got thoughts? it was actually, it was in it was in the collection. It was like oh, one how of many the- J's? Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was a 4J. 4J. Yeah. yeah. It's got it. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Okay. Another 4J comedy, Stripes. Well, definitely. Yeah. Saw that in the theater. Uh, that's more than 4Js. You got a light of J. You got a light of J for Stripes. <laughs> then you got five going. Oh, hang you know on a second. Mean? I got to grab something <laughs> behind me. <laughs> Keep talking about Stripes. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, so this is all 1981 movies that were it's like, all 81. I, yeah, I was much too. So I've yeah, been really I wanting was... to buy some William Murray golf clothes because I think they're really sweet. <laughs> so, but because it's like you know getting to be winter, I didn't buy any. But I did buy some some William Murray stickers. Here's stripes, <laughs> Billy Aww. Murray and stripes. That's Cute. great. Uh, Billy Murray uh, as Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> That's awesome. They look like color forms. Yeah, totally. Uh, do, do you play around with them? Do you go, hey, it's me, this yeah. is Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. I hey, put them on my old, like, yeah, on my old, like, uh, Batman Gotham City uh, pier set. Yeah. The color forms. Hey, here yeah. we are in the city. I'm the Caddyshack. <laughs> here he is in What About Bob? <laughs> but that's not and then finally, the likeness is a little questionable there. The ultra, right. the ultra classy oh, logo, which I'll Will, soon have William on my Murray. shirts where the alligator is, so. Wow, that's great. Anyway, that's a good. little plug for William Murray Golf Collection. But uh, yeah, there there would have been no chance that I would have seen any of these in the theater. I was way too young. Right. I I think yeah. I think the first movie I saw in a theater like with a friend was Gremlins. All right, eighty four. Yeah, that's good. Um, Under the Rainbow. Yeah. Also, got to do a show on that. Not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, you did uh, something. Wow. I did. I wow. just, for whatever reason, I was looking for something to watch with the girls. And I was like, Hey, it's, it's a, here's a movie about the wizard of Oz. And it's, that is, that's a psychotic yeah. movie. It is completely psychotic. It's really bizarre. Yeah. It's really nice. All we're going to do is the, show the Nazi that. stuff in that it. And, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's a must. Oh, heavenly dog. Uh, right. which I saw in the Vic- theater. That's the only one of these I can say I saw in the theater. Wow. Victory with uh, Sly Stallone and Pele. Yeah. The soccer movie. Wow, I have no memory of that. Okay, so the only thing, and I, I, did a, I did see it on TV later, but the poster, I think it's Michael Caine, Sly Stallone, and, and Pele, the great soccer star. Mm-hmm. And they're making a V. They're like, hey, the three of them with their arms. And like one's going like number one, one's going like victory V, and one's going like thumbs up. So me and my two friends that summer would recreate that just to crack each other up. Much like when Aaron, Noel, and I would recreate good, the Goodbye Cream cover. Remember the cover of, the, of Cream's Goodbye album? <laughs> yes. With the Susquehanna yes. Hat Company hats and everything. You, you know, I saw Victory fun. on 
I saw Victory on cable as a kid, and there's a big rousing speech, and Stallone gives, and they're all, uh, you know, getting everybody worked yeah. up, and then they just cut to Michael Caine, and he goes, "We can win this thing." And, and then they're like, yeah, come on, they run out. And even as a kid, I was like, it, I never occurred to me that an actor could phone it in. And it hit me that he didn't try hard enough. He's like, we can win this thing. <laughs> like, just taking a check. Very disillusioning for me at that age. Uh, Wolfen. Ooh. Thoughts on Wolfen? Bored the shit out of me. I was so excited to see it as a kid and saw it really on cable. Really an and was like, ugly fucking movie. Nonsensical. Nonsensical. Boring. I remember weird. the book. Yeah, 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 you couldn't understand. Very weird. Weird. It's it's all psychedelic because yeah. he's in the. Wolf's it's like where's the friggin' Wolfman? Like, where's yes, the bunch of no, Wolfmans no. that make a Wolfman? Wolfen. It's all psychedelic POV, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. don't get to see. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like the spirit of wolves or something like moving around New York. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the book was out, the ad in the newspaper had like a call the Wolfen phone number. And it, you'd call, and it was just like a pre-recorded, like, hey, Wolfin's going to get you if you read the Wolfin. It was Richard Belzer doing the voice. Fun fact. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing the print. Oh, uh, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a wolf. Uh, a wolf I am wolf over I am. here. Sugarless. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Wolfen really disappointed me at that age too because you had had such a hot streak. I loved the howling when I saw. Yeah, it's the same time. Yeah, I loved American Werewolf in London, and then it was like Wolfen. Yes. Here we go, and then it was oh man, couldn't couldn't pull off. The, I got the, to my uncle Angelo took me to see American Werewolf in London for my birthday, which was one of the best. Oh birthday boy, I'll bet it's fantastic. Boy, did that movie deliver? Yeah. Uh, and then a, a film very near and dear to this podcast, Zorro the Gay Blade. Uh, yeah, of course. And yes, then our uh, friend of the show, George Hamilton. That's right, George. <laughs> Official sponsor, <laughs> endorser of paid, the show. Paid friend of the show. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like when, I got Mike a cameo of George yeah, Hamilton. Which will be on Beautiful. our Patreon Podcast. this week. And, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, um, talking about Zorro the Gay Blade. And then a couple of exclusive to New York. The, the porno movie Sex Boat, which was an early one I saw was playing at the extremely classy-sounding Ascot Theater in the Bronx. Imagine, like, getting old Donna yes. done up in your tails. Hell yeah. Go to the Ascot. Mm. Do we go to the Monocle Porn Theater or the Ascot? <laughs> I think we'll do the Ascot tonight, my dear. It's Sex Boat? Sex Boat. Yeah. Sex Boat. I assume like a love, love Boat, boat yeah. Uh, parody. Yeah. 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 Except yeah. in okay. the newspaper that day, it was listed as Joy Boat. <laughs> oh, I don't even know which really. God, that's bad. Joy Boat. Say Weirdly, that. also, so that other porno movie, The, the Satisfiers of Alpha Blue. Remember that that space movie? I, I remember the title. Scott was Mallory was in that, who worked at Hustler. Um, wow. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that, that was playing as just The Satisfiers. It was like, no, no, call, call the theater to hear the of Alpha Blue title. Um, Al Goldstein's mag gave that a really high rating. Uh, and then just a, I guess, you know, Dog Days of Summer, not a lot of, like, exploitation movies. Weapons of Death with Eric Lee was the karate movie that okay. was playing. So, okay. All right. That's the name of that tune. So, uh, what a time. What this a has year. been great. Thank you so much, Jennifer Ann Nixon. Oh, thank you. Let's give my social security number next or my address. Please, yeah. Well, I didn't say if it was with an E or not. Yeah. At, at 1635 Lemoyne Avenue. <laughs> thank you. For... Yeah. 
Yes, and you, you guys should come on the Museum of Home Video as yeah, guests. Anytime. We, we, yeah, we do have guests from time to time, and you know, you can suggest something that we, we like to talk to people about. You know, we, uh, sometimes like weird regional shit that is stuck in their sure. head for years. Yeah. Like maybe there's a you know a friend in Pittsburgh who is obsessed with this Pittsburgh uh, pizza place that made crazy commercials. You know, and right. we'll we'll. And don't feel like you have to edit anything. Like, you know, you can send us a list and we'll chop something together for you. And I would you like to talk about the Roland Roaster commercials. Yeah. See, that's Roll. like, yeah, perfect example. Yes. You know, we've had people on showing like crazy uh, Cabbage Patch Kid right. compilations. There's a guy from Philadelphia that makes his own infomercials for his uh, pinball and arcade business. You know, wow. all, just all sorts of fun crazy stuff another thing i'd like to talk about is frank sinatra jr doing the lenny's clam clam bar commercials that sounds where he walks in they're like how you doing frankie and he goes uh if you like seafood and he goes like this real italian seafood (laughs) (laughs) and you gotta come to lenny's clam bar not the big shit he says Uh, at the end he says tell him frankie sent you for a free glass of wine well, I don't. I mean, why do we even need to show an edit? You can just act it out for us. I'll just. <laughs> that's, Real that's, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a new form. It's gonna be a new format for us. Yeah. Um. But we we also do stuff on the show like Faster Piece Theater, which is where we will edit a movie down that's otherwise unremarkable, and we'll just pull out like the fifteen or twenty minutes that we think, you know, is primo, mm. and so it's like a shortened version. So we'll save you some time. So what was um, that movie I watched on there that I had seen? I couldn't believe I had seen it. It was like a future uh, sex movie. Dro- it was Droid. That was Droid. droid. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was like a, a strange new wave cyborg vision of uh, Los Angeles 2020. But it was a um, hardcore porn movie that was also released as a softcore, just R-rated. Yeah, we, we didn't uh, show the hardcore movie. porn <laughs> <No>. <laughs> version. I have yeah, that version. Should... It's just those parts. That's my yeah, we... <laughs> I go to Masterpiece a... Theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we had this guy on recently who... Uh, he chopped up the movie Thinner, the Stephen King story, right. but but he also did it in reverse. So instead of you know getting a it curse and becoming sick, yeah, it's like the heartwarming tale of a guy that overcomes his eating disorder and mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> with and, the help yeah. of a gypsy blessing. Yes, and he called it thicker. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we, you perfect. know we have like re- recurring segments, and I think there's a lot of crossover with people that dig your show um we have like a church of letterman thing we did yeah. a whole series with um chris elliott doing his marlon brando impression oh boy uh which was a fun i watched cut. that it was great yeah but it's it's every tuesday night on twitch and uh got a lot of fun halloween content coming up some elvira rarities and uh such right. and we got a kate bush christmas coming up and oh wow there's always something new class yeah i feel like aaron you would have liked uh, on labor day we did uh six hours of programming we did a jerry lewis telethon marathon oh did you get some famous attention for that too didn't you yeah yeah we got some fan mail from harry shearer after that oh how great is that yeah he wrote us new he wrote us a few times and he uh yeah, we are like knock wood hoping that he'll be on the telethon because we're going to make it an annual thing every Labor Day. Yeah. But he had told us that he has some rarities uh, that he called I'll like, bet. I think he called them the Percocet tapes <laughs> that he has <laughs> in his bet. in his basement that uh, we asked him if he could dig up. 
you know, and come on and talk about it. Cause, and he's also famously one of the few people I think that has seen the day the clown cried. So. Yes. That's right. Um, but yeah, we have some fun people. You know, he also it. went to Bohemian Grove. Harry Shearer. Wow. Yeah. That guy, what a life. Yeah. He's he was friends really with somebody's son, like from Yale or something. And yeah, he got invited to Bohemian Grove and watched them do the whole Moloch ritual and stuff. Yeah. Well, we obviously very much, very much want to talk to him, but, yeah. um, but yeah, we're having we have guests on all the time, and uh, it's always something new, and it's live. And there, it being on on Twitch, there's a chat function, so you can talk with other viewers in the chat and swap. I couldn't keep and, up. I'm an old man. I know, I know. I just watched and enjoyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know that's that's perfectly acceptable too. Yeah. You know, we'll take you however we can get you. Well, thank but, you so uh, much, Jen. And you'll yeah, send us all the information to post uh, about uh, sure Museum of Home Video. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I bought a T-shirt and I forgot to wear it. I'll take a picture and I'll post it. That's right. Time. Yeah, please do. We want to make a slideshow. Yeah. yeah, we want to make a slideshow awesome. people. So we have a uh, mystery guest coming on the next episode. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it's very exciting. And uh, we're going to be, I don't I even mean, know. Jenny's if... kind of a mystery guest with, her, ta- with her fake beard. <laughs> stuff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is a real mystery. Yeah, guest. yeah. We don't know who it is, but we do know we're going to be talking about On the Right Track with Gary Coleman. Oh, oh boy. If that's any clue. If that's any that clue, is sort of a clue, story. isn't it? Yeah, it is. So. Is, that, yeah. is that the one where he lives in a locker or something? Yes, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And I, showers know, in a urinal. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's that movie and Muppets Take Manhattan, They Live in a Locker. This is like a whole subgenre. Yeah, yeah. locker movies. Wow. Yeah. Locker, yeah. Yeah, locker yeah. homes. Something to think about. And, uh, <laughs> You're right. Okay, and I want to I want to say this so I don't forget, Aaron. I want us to do a Burt Convy show too. Um, yeah. With I just I just sort of I mean I remember this, but I just somebody just sent me the trailer for his movie Racket, where he's like this Lothario tennis instructor, and he plays the real Bjorn Borg at the end. Oh God, that's great! That looks yeah, great. he's but so funny. He's so amazing, and uh, semi tough, just completely amazing. Uh, yeah. But then this TV movie, uh, "Love Thy Neighbor," with John Ritter and Penny Marshall, he's in that. And then uh, yeah. "Weekend Warriors," a movie I've seen with that he directed. So, so that's it. Twenty six uh, in the and, can. And, yeah, and Jenny has to say "crack" or get off the pot. Yeah, so just say this is Jenny. Okay, so what you say is this is Jenny Nixon of the Museum of Home Video. And then crack or get off the pop at your own style. You're, you act like this is the first time I've heard this program. Oh, Come on. <laughs> we, we didn't Come know on. anybody had heard this program. I forgot. Aaron <laughs> just reminded me. Yeah. <laughs> You're recording this from an asylum. This is like. <laughs> yeah. None of the, none of the equipment's that, plugged in. That, yeah. Yeah. Something the guards are letting you do is recreation time. Ben is like the uh, the two doctors in uh, Night Dreams. A, He's just observing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a Potemkin podcast. Yeah. Hand me your pipe so I can dry my tears. Uh, okay. This is. Well, I kind of want to breathe like Belzer, you know? Oh, that's good. That, that's a good idea. The world's your own. <laughs> Uh, nah, maybe I'll just play it straight. This is Jenny Nixon from the Museum of Home Video. Crack or get off the pot. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, one and all. Thanks, that rocks. Thank you so much. <laughs>